committee to order. Uh, will the clerk please call roll and establish a quorum? Certainly, Member Ashby, Member Guerra. Here. Chair Sh uh, Shanir, I'm sorry, Chair Harris. Here. We have a quorum. If you're here today to speak to the committee, please <coughs> fill out a speaker slip. They're located in the back window and turn into the assistant city clerk. You will also see the assistant clerk for a, uh, assisted listening and speaking device. And this is the time I'd remind everyone to turn your cell phones to the silent position. Will you join me in uh, the Pledge of Allegiance, please? Salute. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Well, very good. Um, if you have the agenda, uh, I would like to point out that number one is going to be postponed because the uh, presenter, Rob Swartz, is on jury duty. It's too bad because it's, it's really a very informative presentation. I was certainly looking forward to it, but we'll have him at our next meeting. So we're going to move this to the next regular that, meeting? That, that would be the idea. We'll get him back as soon as we possibly can. Okay. So it was unexpected. So we'll move to num item number two, water rights and water supply regu regulatory processes. And that would be Jim Pfeiffer. Good afternoon, Mr. Chair and members of the committee. Um, I am Jim Piper with the Department of Utilities, and we're going to turn this one over to Wes Miliband, our outside water council. He was the preparer of this presentation. I ask that uh, he participate in that process. Uh, he will be talking quite a bit about the voluntary agreements. And with that, Wes. Thank you, Jim. Welcome, Wes. Thank you. Good afternoon, Mr. Chair and members of the committee, Wes Miliband. So this committee has heard reports about the voluntary agreement process and water fix. Uh, we will focus uh, subject to any questions and commentary uh, from the committee. We'd like to focus initially just giving an update about three big processes, which are basically the California water fix, the water quality control plan update regulatory proceeding, as well as the related process for the voluntary agreements. On this slide, uh, with water fix, I, I can address that quickly, which really is to say that California water fix is no longer. That petition has been formally withdrawn with the change in the state administration. Governor Newsom has made clear that water resiliency is a priority, and there's uh, what seems to be a reshifted focus to have a one-tunnel project. So we could probably expect that this will come back in some form at some point, uh, likely not this year. But for now, that proceeding that had been underway for a couple of years is finished. Related to that, there are the CEQA suits, uh, which are making their kind of final stages to uh, likely be dismissed or, or otherwise disposed of, just given the mootness of not having water fixed before us anymore. So with the control plan, I just wanted to hit a couple of points quickly as a refresher. Uh, this is uh, a formal regulatory proceeding, a rulemaking proceeding before the State Water Resources Control Board. And the purpose is essentially to evaluate existing water quality objectives with those objectives uh, potentially having adverse impacts to water rights and the water supplies for various interests, including the city of Sacramento. Uh, under the law, Porter Cologne Act, uh, the board is to consider all beneficial uses, which include the city's uses for municipal purposes. 
but often the focus becomes on the fisheries and the habitat and how do we balance these competing interests and try to help the fisheries thrive and, and improve. Related to this process are phases one and two. Phase one is for the San Joaquin watershed. That plan was formally updated and adopted by the State Water Board on December 12th. Phase two is what relates to us and the Sacramento Valley watershed, where last July there was a framework document, relatively brief, that was issued and lays out a little bit of what the final, or as of then, the final proposed document might look like. The focus, though, is turned to this third point about the voluntary agreements. Quickly, though, with uh, phase one, as I mentioned, that's been adopted, and there's litigation pending, but those parties are actively engaged in the VA process. We just had a plenary meeting this morning with the secretaries uh, for Cal EPA and the Natural Resources Agency. Uh, as I mentioned, phase two has the framework document, but the focus is now to, to really figure out what voluntary agreements can move from a conceptual phase into a more technical and robust study, as well as CEQA compliance. So with that, uh, from a policy perspective, the governor has explicitly spoken his support for having voluntary agreements. That remains a consistent theme in a lot of discussions. There's a lot of activity and engagement from the environmental groups, uh, reclamation and the different state agencies as well as the water users including the city. So where we are is um, even as of this morning at this meeting is a time frame was set out by the State Water Board last December that called for certain milestones to be met during this calendar year as well as next. Those time frames um, very likely need to slide because of, despite of progress and all the work being done there's still a lot more technical work there's still a lot more funding um, and other issues to resolve, legal, regulatory, policy, et cetera. Uh, so the secretaries seem optimistic that we're making progress, but we just cannot get things done as a collective group in the existing time frame. Substantively, these deals have a lot of common themes dealing with flows, dealing with non-flow measures to help with rearing and spawning habitat. 15 years is the term that's on the table for what these agreements uh, would, would be in place for that long. Governance, science, we're trying to work through processes, you know, if disputes come up or there's just not the kind of progress the state board wants to see, does that mean we're subject to further obligations during the 15 years? These are all active issues being discussed and to a large extent negotiated. For the American River, I think this committee's heard about uh, the substantive points, but the two big items there for providing water for fisheries is to have groundwater substitution particularly in the dry and the critically dry years, reservoir reoperations by um, the upstream reservoir operators, with ultimately Folsom Reservoir being the key for carryover storage, temperature flows, uh, excuse me, temperature management for the fisheries, as well as better flow and supply reliability. So, Wes, before, yes. before you go farther, I've got a question. Where are we at with the Bureau in terms of the modified flow management standard in terms of the voluntary agreements? We are, um, I think, in a what I will characterize as an encouraging place. Uh, they have been actively engaged. There's a good set of relationships that exist between the city and the region and reclamation. To where the flow management standard, we, we now call it something different. Uh, there's, but the substance is still there for the three key things, carryover and what that number should be. We're actively engaged in those discussions, which I, I cannot reveal too many specifics in an open forum like this, but it's encouraging to me, at least from my perspective. 
We're looking heavily at the temperature aspects so that the fisheries and the biologists are still content with any kind of modification, that it will still allow for a robust uh, fish population or at least have the conditions for it. So that's, I think, very positive, and we're making progress. Thank you. Thank you. So as far as next steps, uh, I have CEQA up there because that is one of those overarching issues that everyone is struggling with because the State Water Board knows that it needs to do its substitute environmental document from a broad programmatic perspective, how specific that is, and what that leaves for individual agencies, including the city, to then have to analyze for its contributions. We don't really have those lines in the sand identified just yet. But that's another active topic that I think over the next year will start to take a lot more form, which would then be followed by submitting the voluntary agreements to the State Water Board. And I, I could only best speculate at this point. DOU knows when I do this. I'm often wrong because this is too hard to predict when something in particular is going to happen. But um, I would say next year we're going to see some sequel movement probably from the State Water Board. So I will pause there for any questions or comments. Any questions from the committee? I just wanted to say that uh, uh, thank you guys for your good work and negotiating, a, you know, at least getting to a voluntary agreement that's uh, positive for the city and I know also uh, making some improvements on the habitat that uh, people have been asking for. So good work. Yeah. Thank you, sir. All right. Thank you very much, Wes. Thank you. We'll move on to item number three, which are federal and state issues, and Ms. Ann Sanger. So, Ann, I'd like to welcome you. I think you're a really valuable addition to the Department of Utilities crew, and we're excited to have you on board at the city. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here, um, and I'm going to just read my remarks so I get everything right. Good afternoon, Chair Harris, Pro Tem Ashby, and Vice Mayor Guerra. I am pleased to join you today for a brief update on a few federal issues that the Department of Utilities is engaged in. For the federal FY20 budget year, I would like to make you aware of three programmatic grant requests that the department has made. The first request is for grant assistance to community water systems that are updating their combined sewer systems. Last week, the House passed an appropriations bill which includes this funding, and the Senate has yet to act, but once it does, the bills are will be conferenced and we will have an idea of the funding that will be made available. The second request is for grant assistance to increase security measures at community water systems. This grant would be used to implement measures to protect drinking water from either natural or malevolent acts. This became a priority after a federal law passed last year requiring drinking, agents, drinking water agencies to update their security plans but did not include any funding for the request. Once the FY20 federal budget process is completed by Congress, the US EPA will administer both of these programs to award funding on a competitive basis. The third grant request is in partnership with the Regional Water Authority to further plan and study the Sacramento Regional Groundwater Bank. This funding request was submitted to the Bureau of Reclamation and, if successful, would be awarded next year. As I'm sure you know, the federal funding process is very competitive, but when there are opportunities in areas that the city has a need, we feel it's important to communicate those funding needs. Lastly, I'd like to let you know that Senator Feinstein recently introduced last week bipartisan drought resiliency legislation. The bill would authorize $700 million for California water storage projects, which could include projects such as the Regional Groundwater Bank. 
The bill also renews water recycling infrastructure assistance, which would be $100 million over five years. While the prospects of this bill are unknown, it is good news that we will have potential funding options in the future. That completes my short federal update on issues. If you have any questions, I would be more than happy to answer them. Any questions? And I will keep comment? you posted. Uh, I do, actually. You know, we uh, on cap to cap, uh, I was on the water resources team, and we actively engaged with congressional members about the groundwater bank and sites reservoir as well. So underground and above ground storage for uh, the water security for future of, of the state of California. I would say generally that we were very well received mm -hmm. and that on the federal level, uh, people recognize that California uh, needs to move in this direction. So I am cautiously optimistic that we will receive funding for the groundwater bank. And unfortunately, we didn't have our presentation today, but it's a great project and will make us much more resilient and flexible in the face of climate change. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Any support we can have back in Washington is helpful. Very good. Thank you, Ann. And before we move off this Go item, ahead, I would ask Ann just to just briefly give an overview of what we are doing to prepare ourselves, to position ourselves to receive some of this grant funding, um, for, especially for the two uh, or first grant opportunities that you talked about. For the combined system request? Yeah. Yeah. So um, this program was actually authorized last year in the Water Resources Development Act, and um, so it was a new grant assistance program. And um, what we did was write letters of support to the House and Senate Appropriations Committee members asking for the programs to be fully funded. Um, and on the House side, that has occurred. On the Senate side, they haven't moved their appropriations process forward yet. But once that occurs, we'll know how much money is available to apply to for. Um, hopefully, we would be successful. But that will be a process at US EPA through the administrator's office later on. But we would welcome any advocacy um, later in the process. Yeah. Well, you can count on it. And we have a question from Council Member Guerra. Uh, more so a, a comment. I just, uh, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't, uh, uh, you know, bring up the point, and I'm, it's unfortunate we're, we don't have today the the uh, regional groundwater bank uh, presentation, but uh, jury duty is, uh, we can't, can't skirt those responsibilities either. Um, but I think uh, the, the chairman had brought up at previous hearings how uh, even though we have good uh, a good water uh, uh, mount this year in the winter and, and even if our our snowcap is a little better, that it takes time to, uh, to actually restore our groundwater levels. And so um, I just want to make sure that I take that opportunity to, to remind folks that even though that that happens, recharge takes a long time, and we have to have a better strategy to do that. And I think this is a good opportunity for us to move in that direction. All true. Good comment. And it actually segues perfectly into our next item, which is an update on sustainability and water efficiency efforts. So as Councilmember Guerra pointed out, we have had an extraordinarily strong water year. And so our snowpack in some places is 200% water content uh, from normal. That being said, resiliency in the face of climate change is a long-term game. And uh, we need to plan now and act now in terms of water efficiency efforts. And that brings us right up to Bill Busey's report. Thank you. Um, we have staff that's coming. Uh, Rajni uh, will be here in, in, in a minute. 
And in the meantime, I'm going to go ahead and introduce uh, the topic. Um, my name is Bill Busaith. I'm the director of the Department of Utilities. Uh, pleased to be with you here. Um, sustainability and, uh, is, a, is a topic that we've been trying to pay a lot of attention to in the Department of Utilities. I will say, is that Rajni that just came in? <laughs> I will say that um, during the drought, our sustainability efforts were focused largely on water conservation. Um, they were almost kind of waylaid. Uh, you know, we have a lot of important uh, sustainability issues and items and efforts that we're trying to move forward. Um, during the drought, uh, almost all of our efforts were consumed with water conservation, which was at the time very appropriate and, uh, um, and very important. Um, we are transitioning from the drought in two ways. One is to focus more on sustainability in general, um, a, a lot of things outside of water conservation. And also, as we've mentioned before, transitioning our water conservation efforts to um, away from an enforcement uh, uh, focus to an education, a, a changing of our, uh, of our residents, cult of our culture in the city to a culture that values water and that uses it appropriately. And so having said that, I will introduce uh, Rajni, who is our uh, sustainability manager in the, in the Department of Utilities. Welcome. Thank you. Sorry for coming in a bit late. Um, good afternoon, uh, members of the council. Um, so I'm Bill already gave the introduction. Sure, so you speak up. Sure. So can hear you. Yeah. Bill already gave the introduction. Uh, so we'll jump into the presentation. So, uh, first and foremost, we wanted to update the council on the city's water supply outlook. Uh, city's water supply is a combination of surface water from the rivers and groundwater. And uh, as you know, snowpack and the precipitation groundwater, groundwater storage have a huge impact on water reliability. So we are happy to report that the water supply conditions have changed for the better this year. The state reports snowpack as a percentage of the April 1 average snowpack, and it is 101% of normal for this time of the year. This is the largest snowpack since 2011. May was an extension of uh, winter, and the exceptionally wet spring brought record levels of rain and snow. The Sacramento Valley Index, which measures rainfall in the northern part of the state and is the area of water supply for the city, and much of the state of California is 136% of average. Um, the United States Bureau of Reclamation operates Folsom and Shasta's Reservoir and is our contracting partner. We anticipate that they'll be able to deliver water to us this year as the water supply conditions look good. As you can see, Shasta is at 96% of, 97% of total capacity and Folsom is at 96. Um, these reservoirs need to maintain flood control space and that is why they are not full. As such, currently, um, with all these rain and snow, California has been declared, officially declared free of drought after more than seven years. Um, ground water is a small portion of the city's water supply, but it's a reliable source. Uh, the graph that you see presents the groundwater surface elevation since the 1950s, 
um, in one of the wells within the basin north of the river. Uh, this, uh, the groundwater elevation had stable, you know, you see, uh, de development that occurred in the count county relied on groundwater and the levels declined until the 1990s. Um, the elevation has eventually stabilized and has risen as we have started to conjunctively manage groundwater and surface water. You may notice groundwater levels declining during the drought, but they have started to recover. This is good. Uh, now that I've discussed supply management, I'm going to focus the rest of the presentation on the demand management activities, the sustainability, and water conservation programs uh, taken from the city side. So DOU um, adopted a sustainability plan in uh, 2017 with the goals to create a roadmap to become a carbon neutral utility. Under the plan, the DOU will focus on addressing climate change impacts, implementing DOU energy management plan, reducing waste generation, and improving the efficacy of our water conservation programs. DOU is also taking equity and resiliency justice assessment into consideration under this plan. The department has been participating in the development of protocols for water energy nexus registry. <clears throat> this is a voluntary registry developed by Cal EPA and the climate registry per Senate Bill 1425. This Senate bill encourages businesses and organizations to reduce their water-based emissions as, you know, treatment and transportation of water make up nearly 20% of the state's energy usage. Uh, the department had, has been participating, and in recognition of the work done to develop the registry, City of Sacramento has been recognized as a founder with other agencies like Department of Water Resources, East Bay Municipal Utility District, Irvine Ranch Water District, Metropolitan, Sonoma, etc. As a next step to the sustainability plan, staff anticipates bringing a sustainability policy to the Water Committee's consideration soon. I'm proud to share that the city's water conservation program has received the honorable mention from U.S. Environment Prote Protection Agency for its efforts in 2017 from, for promoting water sense and water efficiency. Furthermore, the department has also earned a gold level certification from the Alliance for Water Efficiency in recognition of its significant efforts in developing and running an exemplary water conservation program that complies with the American Water Works G480 standard. This award will be provided to the city in a special presentation at the council meeting today. And we thank uh, Council Member Harris for sponsoring the event. Um, to improve and be prepared to address the new water legislation that's, uh, being, that's coming down the pipeline from the state, staff is expecting to update the city's water conservation plan in 2019. March 1st marked this shift in city's summering watering schedule of one day per week. Uh, per council's direction, we have been prioritizing education and outreach in these, on these um, ordinance changes, utilizing all channels of communication. We have taken um, special consideration into covering uh, the outreach in Spanish and English. And we thank uh, council member Guerra for helping us with some of those efforts. Educational campaigns, we have in a few more in addition to the ordinance-related campaign, which is the Keep Sack Waterwise. 
Uh, we have uh, campaigns to promote rebates and other programs through Break Up With Your Lawn and made possible by and the impressions, which is how many people are seeing these marketing efforts, shows that it's reaching wide, wide, up, wide into the city. Water Conservation Team has identified themes and have developed editorial calendar aligned with regional and nationally focused water efficiency effort to further educate residents about efficient behavior. Uh, staff has continued to expand these outreach efforts by issuing a monthly newsletter with an audience of 40,000 plus city residents and increasing. Uh, the newsletter is a vehicle to communicate the various activities and educational efforts being held by staff on a monthly basis. Few of the main events so far this year included rain barrel distribution event where staff was able to sell and distribute rain barrels at a discounted price to the city residents. Um, we also held the annual mulch mayhem event during which more than 300 yards of mulch was given away to city residents. Moving on to rebates. Per water conservation plan, city continues to offer various rebates and incentive programs. Staff has seen a spike in rebate program participation as a result of online web forms and increased marketing efforts. As you can see in the graph, in uh, fiscal year 2019, we have seen a 223% growth in rebate participation from fiscal year 2015. Staff continues to analyze the data and identify trends in rebate participation along with customer feedback surveys. While the launch of instant rebates for smart controllers on Smart Energy Store has been a huge success with 1,200 controllers being sold in eight months' time, staff noticed that participation in turf conversion rebates are lagging. In response to this, staff has made a few changes to the program guidelines. For instance, the incentive was increased from $1 to $1.50 per square feet, and the uh, maximum on the rebate was increased to $3,000, which is realistically what the market is going at. In addition, the program guidelines were also made flexible to meet customer demands to convert their front, back, and side yards at the same time. The Landscape Design Assistance Program, which we mentioned in the last update to the Water Committee, uh, helps uh, homeowners consult with a certified landscape designer for two hours for free uh, to convert their turf into a beautiful landscape. This program has been well received with uh, seven city approved landscape designers and 143 applications so far from June of 2018. With the installation of the smart meters, water conservation team has been able to send out automatic leak notification letters, which leads to leak investigations and repairs. Uh, we continue to offer water wise house calls and water misuse investigations. Um, city has, um, sorry, Department of Utilities has a memorandum of understanding with uh, Public Works to improve water efficiency of city buildings. I'm happy to say that the second project was completed at the old city hall in June. The first one was in the new city hall last year. One of our key sustainability efforts has been to understand the water-related challenges that uh, disadvantaged communities face and to fully understand the needs of the community. We have rolled out programs to address the gaps in assistance offered. Uh, the committee may have heard about the leak-free Sacramento uh, no-cost direct install, no-cost direct install leak repair assistance offered to single-family households. This program went live in March of 2018. 
to make it more equitable, staff is expanding the program to fix leaks for residents um, who are also receiving utility rate assistance program. The Neighborhood Community Conversion Program is another effort that is focused on disadvantaged communities. Uh, during drought, it came to the city's attention that the disadvantaged neighborhoods have suffered extensive loss of urban vegetation and forest canopy. This leads to various problems ranging from urban heat island effect, water quality, lack of green space, public health impacts, and climate resiliency challenges in these neighborhoods. Department has partnered with uh, Council Member Carr to address this gap and improve livability by uh, removing chain link fences and direct installing river-friendly landscape. The photo that you see there is the first pilot project that we completed in June, a couple of weeks ago. To summarize, we have good news to share on city's water demand. In fiscal year 2018, the gallons per capita per day you stayed at 167, and it was 164 in 2017. Staff believe this to be a testament to the city's water conservation program and our success in engaging and educating the uh, residents about responsible water efficiency and management strategies. And that is the end of my presentation. Thank you, Rosmi. Um, comments or questions from yeah. Councilmember Gara? Yeah, thank you very much, Mr. Chairman. I, first, I wanted to thank you for your presentation, um, and I think it's uh, enlightening to see uh, how much uh, uh, how, how much we've actually been accomplishing over the last couple of years on water efficiency and also on uh, the reduction of greenhouse gas and, and carbon neutrality. I think that's an impressive goal, the fact that we're, we're understanding everything that goes into producing water and actually good, clean water and and why we have to conserve it, not just for water's sake, but for energy's sake as well. And so I think that's a, if, we, if we're thinking about the impacts of, of producing clean water and what that means to our clean air as well, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't happen on its own. It takes energy to do that. Uh, the other thing, I think, again, I wanted to highlight the fact that even though we had a great winter this year, we, don't, we never know what's going to happen next year. And uh, in, improving our, our, our uh, groundwater means that we also have to think about how we use our, our water today. Uh, and... I know there's been confusion, and I, I do want to thank the chairman for um, trying to work on, on better ways to, uh, to uh, explain our program that we have. And, and I, I wanted to, to thank the staff who did the artwork on this because I think this is probably the easiest explanation. I don't know if you don't mind holding that side of the, of the, of the, uh, the sign, Mr. Chairman. But um, the hand water any day, that's probably the easiest the way you guys have explained it. Uh, and I saw that on Facebook the other day. Um, and I don't know if our staff could put the, the, uh, the, the other one on the screen there for, for those who are watching on TV. But even though we have our meters timed uh, for the appropriate day for the week, uh, for folks that maybe you've got a really hot area on, in your lawn or, or uh, there's a particular group in your garden or a particular um, a place that you're trying to uh, address, that you can still hand water. And what I appreciate about our, our, our Department of Utility staff is they looked at empirical evidence of water efficiency and how hand-watering is, uh, how effective that is because folks are conscious about where they're using their water and how much they're using it by doing that. So I, I do want to thank them for that because it, it's helping us keep our goals of maintaining low water usage. At the same time, um, people are having a little more more freedom and ability to, to respond to those issues. Um, I, I still think we need some uh, 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 the same type of messaging when it comes to our trees. I know we've made it, uh, we've talked about it multiple times that 
to, we can use a soaker hose um, to, to maintain our trees and, and, and support them. I think, I think something similar in that manner uh, might be helpful. But I think uh, this report here highlights how uh, we're looking at all of the effects of water, both greenhouse gas, uh, conservation of water usage, the importance to maintain a, a changing culture, uh, and, uh, and also the efforts of, of making sure we're getting to communities who uh, maybe English is not their first language and also that we're uh, showing folks that you can redesign your lawn and whatnot to be more effective as well. Yeah, so that, with that, I want to thank everyone and thank you, Mr. Chairman, for taking the lead on a number of these issues. Safe. Along those lines, Councilmember Guerra, I would ask Rajni just to briefly describe some of the things that we are doing to help people understand how to better care for their trees. Yeah, so last year we partnered, last year and this year we have been partnering with, uh, partnering with Sacramento Tree Foundation um, to conduct workshops. And we have seen great participation ranging from 60 to 70 people coming out on a Saturday learning how to water their lands, uh, trees to how to prune and maintain them. So we, have, we held the first workshop on June 1st. Second one will be in fall about pruning. The partnership with the Tree Foundation is really vital, I think, and, and you're right. The, the public education and outreach is starting to take effect. I think your, your numbers demonstrate that, but I also see it out in the field, certainly in my district, that people do come to those workshops. You know, the thing about hand watering is it's kind of self-limiting. It takes a lot of time to hand water. So it, it's great, you know, and you can drip irrigate every day also, so that's an important message as well. Um, I just want to put in my requisite plug for smart controllers. With 2,000 in use in the city, and there should be 20,000 out there, they are an amazing device to really help you understand how to water your plants efficiently. And when water meters come online, they're going to be an incredibly valuable tool. I would imagine when people start paying per gallon that they will flock to these things and they will understand that smart meters are the way to go, not only for turf, but also for your landscape plants and even your, your drought-tolerant plants. Um, you can save a lot of gallons of water by using a smart controller. They're incredibly effective. And, you know, you talk about hot spots and when you need to hand water well, with a smart controller, you can turn on your controller from Washington, D.C. That's right. You know, somebody calls you up and says your lawn looks a little brown, you can turn on your smart controller and you can use it any day of the week. They're fantastic devices. I also want to applaud you all because you've made tremendous strides just in the time that I've been elected in terms of educating the public about water use. And this is very, very important to maintain our resiliency for climate change. Uh, we know that there are weather extremes coming. We actually see them in real time already. So to be prepared for this and to lay the groundwork now, even in a very wet year, is really important work to do. So thank you all for your efforts. They've really been fruitful. Mr. Chairman, the last thing, I, I, you know, your point about what, uh, the meters and the smart controllers is a, a great point because it was our city staff that talked about 
also how the evolution has included moisture sensors. So it, it's also getting the complexity out of, out of uh, maintaining your, uh, for those of us who like our lawns, uh, although mine needs to get mowed, so I apologize to my neighbors for not mowing my lawn out there. But uh, for uh, uh, those of us that, uh, that you know, we've, we've got 101 things to do, but the smart meters and controllers take the, the, uh, the, uh, the science out of it, you know, and the, the, the measuring out of it by having the right moisture uh, as well in, in your content. So appreciate for that, the comment on the controllers. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, that was our last uh, presentation, and I didn't thank you, Rosny, very much. And we have a comment from a committee member, I believe, yes. Councilmember Ashby. Thank you, Chair Harris. I wanted to just tell this committee about another effort that's happening, and really you, Jeff, and I wanted to see if you had any interest in perhaps having this group come speak to us, and I think that Bill and Jim will be interested, particularly Jim. Uh, there is a UC Davis uh, government and poli-sci alumni group that I help head up that meets here at uh, City Hall every um, couple of months and one of the initiatives that they work on is bridging the gap between students that are at the school now and professionals in uh, government or policy making in Sacramento now and today they brought in two professors from the school named uh, Professor Lund and Professor Pinter they are nationally known experts on water I think most people in the water world know them well particularly Professor Lund UC Davis is the lead institute on the water initiative in California and really arguably nationally. And they're working with this committee that is supported heavily out of the city of Sacramento. It's got Laney on it and, and Karina and myself and other members of our team. Uh, and they are putting together a what they call, I want to get it right because it's kind of a weird name, Worldwide Water Initiative Big Ideas. That's the name of what UC Davis is doing. Uh, it is a national platform, and they're going to have a policy advisory board. At least port, a portion of that policy advisory board will come from this UC Davis group and then others from the entities outside of Davis. But Professor Lund and his students at Davis made the only interactive map of all uh, water intricacies across the entire state of California and he might be an interesting person to have come talk to this water board and talk about how they're taking that committee to address water issues like uh, water things that are social justice issues around water like access for homelessness or things in other countries or uh, you know the way that water is interplaying with development and the next generation and how they're promoting that effort I think you would in particular be a great person to connect in with that board and be involved, um, Chair Harris. And so I thought if you were interested, I could reach out to the group and see if there would be a time they might come present to the water ad hoc and at a minimum meet with our staff. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely amenable to that. Uh, the more information, the better. I'd also like to see how our initiatives interplay with the ideas that they have on the broader scale because I think we would compare very favorably. But uh, yeah, it would be interesting to see how we interrelate with other regions, certainly around California. And I see a lot of nods of agreement from our water team. So we'll put it on the agenda. Thank you for the, um, for, for, for the nod for that, and uh, we'll look forward to it. We don't have any public comment. In that case, we are adjourned at 1.40. No public comment. Thank you.